What would you say you do here? Have a good time all the time. Who's got it better than us? Nobody! What in God's holy name are you blathering about? Well, I'll tell you what I'm blathering about. I've got information, man. I want you to be realistic. What do you love about music? Man, being realistic. As the story grows. chapter of as the story grows my name is trav and i got myself a steven over there what are you doing to me right now you sound like a hip-hop artist <laughs> you're everyone everyone gets more welcome to yo welcome to as the story goes yo yo no i'm just joking welcome back welcome back we're uh Doing the second half of the Jimmy Brown Deliverance Jupiter Six uh, chapter. This, this yeah craziness. Uh, yeah, we we had a really really long chat with him and it was super fun and we just kept going because we were like, this is awesome. We're having we a real just, conversation and it's any, going. We don't want to cut any yeah. out. We don't chintz. We don't chintz on our customers here. This is yeah. This is a long ass podcast. We get a little lengthy. We put music in there. We edit. We splice. Mm-hmm. We we splice and dice. Just make it nice. That's what Space we do. Place dice and make it nice. <laughs> we want this thing to sound the way that we want it to. Sometimes the audio audio quality isn't the way we want, but as far as content, we're going to deliver it the way it should be done. So we had mm-hmm. to we had to we had to take half of this down and do it the way we want to. So Stephen can go do his magic fingers and put the music mm-hmm. in there and do what he got to do. Now we do return to some deliverance talk in this episode, but you heard quite a bit of it last time. But this one's going to be a little, little heavy, and uh, we're going to get into some personal stuff, which is uh, really, really fascinating to hear. I so it. I love it. Yeah, I was really. Th- it's. I love. This is the part of the podcast I love to do is just to get into people's heads a little bit and just have a casual, chill conversation. So but I'm really Steven, glad. But Stephen, all these podcasts are doing are talking to each other. What's going to make your podcast stand out differently? Yeah. Well, you know. Um, I happen to know uh, a former drummer for Good Clean Fun, and uh, he told me all kinds of cool drug stories. So, yeah, there's that. 
Good luck for those of you who have no idea what I'm talking about. Gives a shit. The, um, All right. Speaking uh, speaking of, there is a there's a giant section in here that Jimmy specifically said. Um, everybody keeps editing this part out. I really hope you guys leave it in. It just goes to show how fake everybody is. So, amen and, to that. Enjoy the non-fake. Non-fake, Jimmy Brown, downtown. <laughs> Six million, I must say, a symbol of righteousness.
what did you do in the casino industry? I don't know anything about it. I just know that casino is the only freaking word that showed up on your Wikipedia page other than deliverance in Queensryche. So. <laughs> uh, you know, I started out, well, I'll just say this, you know, deliverance had a brief opportunity to regroup in 2000. And, and we moved to St. Louis and we, we had signed up with a, a, a label called Indie Dream Records and we recorded an album called Assimilation which was a huge mistake but it, it, you know I, I, I like some songs on there but it was a mistake of an album but all that aside right. um, we were we were led down the wrong path and we ended up going broke you know just getting you know it was just a bad bad situation and that was my first time living out of state Okay. And I one day literally just woke up, called U-Haul, borrowed some money, and and just packed up our house and packed up my family. And my son was only two two months old, and wow! I just told my wife, and it started snowing like you would not believe. And I said, "This is not going to stop us. We've got to leave." And we left, and we headed back to California. Well. In between that road trip back to California, uh, I get a message uh, from my mother. Uh, I call to check in with her, let her know we're we're on the road, we're okay, blah 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 blah. And she says, "Hey, this guy called you, you know, call." And, and uh, I called, and it was Doug Kirshner, and he says, "Hey, I need you to produce the new Twelfth Tribe record. I hear you're going to California." And I said, "I am." And he's like, "Good. When you get there, you got a gig. Uh, I'm going to wire Western Union you." Uh, X amount of money, and I said, "Oh my gosh!" I mean, and we nice. literally had no money. I didn't even know how we were going to make it back to Cali because that's how in a rush we left. So we pick up the money, we make it to California. I, I go and do the Twelfth Tribe record, and when we get back, I, I tell my wife, "I need a break, and let's go to Vegas." And so, because we used to go to Vegas all the time, and so we went to Vegas, spent a couple of days there. And I said, you know, let's get out and drive. I hate the casinos right now. Let's just go and drive. And so we went and drove, and, and I said, boy, those are some nice apartments over there. I, went, I bet you they cost an arm and a leg, huh, like L.A. And and we stopped and pulled over, and I said, well, how much for a, a, a three-bedroom apartment? And they said, 425 And I said, what? And they're like, yeah, 425 And I said, may I see one? And so I went and looked, and... And uh, I fell in love with it. I looked at Helen. I go, we're moving to Vegas. And we went back and packed up and we moved to Vegas. And uh, I, I started working at uh, a place called Pegasus that was hooked up with uh, Dish Network. And I was a tech two tier support guy, tier two tech support guy, teaching people how to put batteries in their remote controls online. Uh, <laughs> and... Uh, I, I, a buddy of mine just said, "Man, you have such a great personality and everything. I got to introduce you to my uncle." And his uncle had just worked at the brand new Aladdin Hotel that had just opened up. And I got in and I started in promotions and and I just worked my way up into management. And mm -hmm. um, that that was my life. I just I was an executive casino host out there in Vegas, uh, working for Bally's Paris and for Caesars Entertainment and. Um, my wife was working concierge over at the Venetian and she had met somebody there and then uh, I get a call 
in 2009. Now, my father had passed away, and that really was the biggest blow to me. And I was ready for kind of a change, but the same token, I was afraid, and I was just messed up in the head. And then I get this call, and this dude, it's a guy that used to work at the Venetian. He's a VP out here in Alabama. Says, hey, I need you. We've got three casinos out here. Fly out here, take a look at it, and tell me what it would take to have you come and do your magic out here. I fly out here, and they are not casinos. They are circus tents. I, I kid you not. They are circus tent casinos, um, but they're owned by these this little tribe out here, and uh, Indian casinos. And they're telling me about all these grand plans to build hotels, build this and everything. They want me to come and build the whole thing. And I named a number. They agreed to it, and they flew my entire family and came and packed my house for me, and we ended up out here. <laughs> so I was the, the marketing manager for two of the three casinos. Uh, wow. Yeah, for four years here. And wow. then, uh, and then uh, mildly put, after just being a complete and total wreck and never seeing my family and never – you know, just working nonstop, and uh, I, and 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 I'll just say it openly and honestly. You know, being a complete and total alcoholic, and mm -hmm. and oh, wow. just messed up beyond belief because this job just has me, you know, wound up in every which way possible. And but I was mm -hmm. making the best money I'd ever made in my life, and but it didn't matter to my wife she said you you were gonna kill yourself this is ridiculous and uh, unfortunately her parents I mean was, I mean within six months of each other had passed away mm, wow. and we had to go to California to settle up affairs and we she said you you're gonna quit your job and we're gonna go back to Cali and so we went back to California at, at the tail of 2013 she started uh, an organic soap company. <laughs> That's awesome. And so I started helping wow. her with it, and we we ended up getting a Whole Foods account, and and ended up I mean just I mean a number of cool things started happening, and um, just investors out of nowhere, and it, it was just a cool thing. And then, uh, but I was starting to get restless, and of all people, this company you know, here in Alabama called me again and offered me a job making even more money to come back. And, wow. and so I told, I told Helen, I said, you know what I'm going to do, honey, is I'm, we're going to, I'm going to take the job and we're going to move back there and I'm going to take, we're going to live in a tiny apartment. We're going to pay nothing for rent and we're going to take 50% of my salary and just put it towards the soap company, keep everything rolling and build your company up. And, uh, I think this would just be the best move. Well, right before I signed on the dotted line, uh, a friend of mine calls me, and and his name's Olaf, Olaf Lieb, and he's from Germany, and and uh, he was one of my better players, and here in Alabama, and he calls me and he says, "So I hear you are moving back. Is this true?" And I'm like, um, "Yeah." Yeah, how'd you hear? That's a like, rough German accent, Jimmy. By the way, you know. <laughs> well, he has—he's been here in the South too long. That's why. <laughs> German Southern, yeah, that's gonna get messy. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. 
So, so I said, you know, hey, uh, yeah. I go, how'd you hear about it? And he goes, well, I was at the casino, and there is a big scuttlebutt about it, man. Everybody is excited about you coming. And he goes, but he goes, I'm concerned for you, my friend. I don't want you to get back into the mess that you were in, and, sure. and your health was bad, and yeah. you just weren't doing well. And and um, he goes, I have an opportunity for you. And I said, what is that? And he says, well, you know, the studio that I wanted to build. And and now I have to tell you, when when I met Olaf and he told me about his recording studio, it, my home studio blew it away. It was mm. just a turd of a place, you know? Yeah. And But he told me about some new investments that he had gotten into and that he owned, you know, two cafes, a, a couple of restaurants, a hardware store, this, that, and the other thing. And, wow. and he bought this huge building and he wanted to build a studio. And he already uh, had contracting on the way, but he could use me to finish it. And he says, then I want you to run it. And he goes, so uh, he goes, email me the contract that they sent you. And, you know, because I want to see if they're really giving you what you say. And I said, okay. And I emailed it right there while I was on the phone with them. And he said, I'll match that. And he goes, I'll match their offer, and I'm going to give you a company car. So wow. we, and he goes, are we good? Wait, and, wait, 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 wait. For a recording studio? Yeah. And Wow, man. That is amazing. And I said, wow. Um, I'm like, why? And he goes, because you're my friend, and I believe in your talent, and I want to do the, I want to work with you, and and I think we can do some great things together. And he goes, not, and and it's not only just the recording studio. I work with him on a number of others, of, of a number of his other businesses. He owns like nine different businesses. Wow. But, but this is the main baby that I take care of uh, oh, in my oh. spare time. So, but it's uh, that's how that happened. And it just, it, it was just, I mean, literally an overnight thing. And I talked with my wife. Oh, and, and I'll give you this. This is the best part. He says, and he goes, how's the soap company doing? And I said, it's great. I go, we're just going to have to look for a place. And he goes, no, you won't. And he goes, I've already got a shop, and and we're going to make it exactly how Helen wants it, and she can move in. When wow. Dude, yeah. Olaf rules. I love oh, this guy. Yeah, yeah, what's his phone number? I want to be his friend. <laughs> so he, uh, it just—that's great, man. Does he want to buy? Does he want to buy a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. As no. the story grows, is full sale. <laughs> there you go. Oh my gosh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> it's just, it was really cool how it just—it just manifested. It was really, really neat and. You know, I just got to say, you know, the universe is kind, and and uh, it a lot of doors open when they need to, and and they close and others. But you know, because I'll tell you right now, I had ten years uh, of Las Vegas casino industry experience. I had four years out here as a marketing manager for two properties, and I couldn't get one casino in California to hire me to <laughs> save my life. Hmm. I mean, I looked and looked and looked and looked, interviewed after interview after interview, and couldn't get one gig. I mean, not even an entry-level gig. Hmm. It, it was insane. It was like, don't you see? I mean, I'm, and I, I didn't want to be prideful about it, but it's like, you've got a 14-year vet here, and you're sure. really going to just, like, 
turn me away for Joe College? I mean, come on, you know? Right. I, yeah. I mean, there was a couple of times I just got really upset because there were people I knew, and they just said, sorry, you know, we just, you know, we're, you know, A, you know, it's just this, this. I mean, there was every excuse in the book, but I, it, it just didn't make any sense. And, yeah. you know, like I said, the universe has other plans, and, you know, this is, this is a cool, I mean, whether this is, for a while, whether if it's just for a stint and a season, who cares? I'm just enjoying it as it comes, you know. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Can I, well, can I ask you something kind of personal? And if and if if it's too much, so we can just cut it out. But um, when you said that you were uh, that you were going through some some alcohol issues with the job and everything, is that is that like a self diagnosis thing? And you just decided I needed to get away from it, or did you do like the whole twelve step thing, or are are you like where are you at with that? No, I I put it this way, dude. Uh, when you're when you gotta be at work at nine at nine in the morning and you don't get home, you don't leave work till like midnight. Mm -hmm. Wow! And the whole way home, which I had a forty-five minute ride home, mm -hmm. the whole ride home, your phone's blowing up. You're at three in the morning, your phone's blowing up. Um. Unreal. You, go on you go on vacation. You 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 beg for those. You know, I, I earned four vacation days a month. Okay, that should tell you. I mean, I, I had a lot of PTO hours with personal time off hours. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Before I left, I had over seven hundred hours, and they had to cash that out, and they hated doing that. But uh, <laughs> but I had all that, and I would have to beg for forty of them, and. During that entire 40, I was not allowed to turn my phone off, and I had to take my laptop. So if I had to remote in, I had to remote in. Oh, my gosh. This is the kind of – it's it's a demanding, demanding career. I'd and, be drunk, too. And um, – Yeah, I would, that would be brutal, man. Like, seriously, there's no judgment there, man. That's – that's that's I. That's terrible. That's all well, – that's, so, that's prison. It was – it was, and it didn't matter. Like I said – I enjoyed it because it was the most money I'd ever made, and quite honestly, I really liked the industry in Vegas. I didn't like it here, but I will say this: uh, no, I was starting my days out with with you know vodka and gin, you know, instead mm. of coffee, and you know, and, wow. and and here's the worst part, and this is what made my wife mad, is. I'm a water fanatic. I, I'm always drinking water, and mm -hmm. uh, so in my office at the casino, you know, the whole one corner is just, you know, cases and cases and cases of water. Okay. Well, I took like three cases at any time during the week, and I would replace the water with vodka, mm. and wow, then just, and then have them sitting there. Well. My director comes in to my office because I left it open, and she always knows I have water, and she was thirsty, and she accidentally grabbed from that stack. Oh, man. And she, she like, talks to me and says, you know, is this, is this something I should be concerned about? And I said, did you see my numbers last quarter? Do you think you need to be concerned? And she said, I'm just wanting to make sure. And I said, okay, well, my numbers are, if, when they start to slip, then we got a problem. Well, now my COO, same thing. He came in to my office because he knows Jimmy always has water. He grabs one of my vodka bottles. But 
these these people didn't give a shit because my quarters were so good. Sure. And that was what made my wife mad. Is they they it's like she said they knew you were a raging alcoholic that you were starting your days nursing it all day long. Yeah. You know, and they just didn't care because you made them money. Uh, <laughs> right. And uh, you know it. It is what it is. I didn't. I'm not going to say they made me that way or the industry made me that way. That was my choice of escape. And I, you know, do I still drink? Of course I do. I don't. I just don't drink like that anymore. Okay, that's, <laughs> that's, that's kind of that's kind of where I was heading because I hate to I hate to see anybody not have not be able to uh, to enjoy it because we also we also drink. Uh, but but I I mean I I know and I also have dear friends of mine who I love that cannot. Have a sip, and I was just wondering if you got to that point or not. But no, great, no, good, I'm glad. I, I hope to buy I went, a beer some. I went cold turkey uh, for three months to try to just you know to to, to air it out and yeah. just to, to, to and then started back with a little beer, wine, and you know I could still I could still have some vodka or gin and whatever. Those are my those are my truest things that I like. Was but, the three, know, was the three I, months I, was the three I, months I, doable, or did you get jitters and stuff? No, I the first few weeks were really hard, but uh, I I it, it got better. Mm -hmm. I, I, but I will tell you this: it was nowhere near uh, nowhere near the and you know another exposing thing. But I think I said this in a couple of interviews, and they edited it out. Hopefully, you won't. But no, we don't do that. But uh, uh, my coke addiction. I had a massive cocaine addiction towards the, the last year and a half of being in deliverance. Wow. Really? That, my When friend. you say last last year and a half, give me a timeline. Where are you? Uh, 90, 95, 95 into 96. Like like the classic run. Yeah, right Right as we finished River Disturbance, and that's when it started. Okay. Oh, okay. And part of it was because I was getting, we had just hired on new management out in Europe. And, you know, he was very, very nice, our manager. He was very kind, but he just flat out told me, uh, you know, I'm, in, in, in America, they might not care how you look. You can walk on stage, you know, being a slob and, and wearing trashy clothes like Nirvana and all that other stuff. He goes, here in Europe, we do care. And you have to have a certain look and you need to lose weight. And I wasn't all. I wasn't about fat farming. I wasn't about dieting. And mm. a friend of mine said, "This is going to be the quickest way for you to drop." Mm. And, and that's what that's what got me hooked. And yeah, it was it was not good. Wow. I, it, it, to put it to put it mildly, I I OD'd and mm. um, ended up in the hospital. It was scary. It was a horrifying experience. And uh, and uh, I'll never forget the doctor just comes in. I I wake. I kind of come to. They've got me just pumped full of everything to keep me down because my heart was fibrillating and the whole left side of my body had gone numb. They thought I had a a, a small stroke. And wow, dude. And you know this doctor's sitting at the foot of my bed, and he's just staring at me. And I kind of come to, and I thought I was dreaming at first, and then I realized, no, this is the doctor who's here, and this is this little Jewish man, and he just stands up and he goes, "Blow your nose for me," and he's wearing gloves, and I blew my nose, and he goes, "Do you know?" And he picks it up out of the tissue. He goes, "Do you know what this is?" 
I said, snot? And he goes, no, this is membrane. He goes, oh. you, you are eating away at the, at the, he goes, do you realize that the hole behind your nose is going right into the frontal lobe of your brain? You're eating away membrane. He goes, I just came from the lobby. You have two beautiful daughters. You have a gorgeous wife. Your mother and your two sisters are out there crying. There's friends and friends and friends everywhere. I, they can't even fit. They're standing all outside. Why are you doing this to yourself? What is so unhappy about your life that you are doing this to yourself? And I just, I did, I couldn't answer. I couldn't say a word. And he says, you need to stop right now. And I said, done. And I went home and I flushed everything. And I don't even want to tell you how many thousands of dollars of crap I had, but I flushed it all down the toilet three days after I got out of the hospital, three days later, and got rid of it and went cold turkey. But that cold turkey resulted in about three years of the highest level of panic attacks and anxiety attacks I'd ever experienced in my entire life. I've always had anxiety, but nothing like, nothing like what after that. And I'm not going to lie to you, that was, uh, that was the hardest part of my life um, from 1996 to 98. Um, wow, man. It was, it was traumatic it was it, i mean i i mean there was there was a time i actually turned my master bedroom into a hospital room because i had I, I mean i went and bought gizmos and heart monitors and everything else i mean you know we're finally and i and i would race to the doctors when they opened and and go during the day and convinced i was having a heart attack a stroke or something mm -hmm. was wrong with me or you know this that wow. you know, I mean, my poor wife. I mean, she had to put up with so much shit. <laughs> wow. Unreal, man. And uh, you know, she didn't know what to do. I mean, she yeah. just it, 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 and she went to my doctor and just said, you know, I you know, I don't know how to help him. You know, and she he said he's just gonna have to. He needs to go out and get a job. He needs to go do something because all he does. I mean, I kid you not. I got a hold of the nurse's handbook. I started studying about the heart. I started studying about the nervous system. I, I mean, I, I wanted to know what wow. I did to myself. <laughs> Holy crap, dude! Wow, dude. wow, man. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. And uh, yeah, that was that. But that was hard. So to be honest with you, kicking the booze for three months, nah, wasn't. It wasn't nothing. <laughs> We'll, we'll well, keep, when we'll you put it like that, <laughs> really, yeah, really, yeah. Thanks a lot for opening up, man. That's that's personal stuff. That's amazing. Well, yeah. you know, here's the thing, and this is, you know, who who would be stupid enough to edit that out of an interview? Oh, everybody has. And like, you know dude, what? you just dumped your guts for people to listen to, and they're like, nah. Let's just get let's talk about the new Deliverance album. Seriously? Well, here, here's the thing, you know, you expose any humanity and people freak out and I, I don't I don't I don't quite understand why and mm -hmm. it, and, and honestly it's what's turned me off so badly I mean that's that's why I went through my own stint for for several years where 
you know, I just left Christianity and mm -hmm. I, I started studying Kabbalah and started studying other things because I just couldn't understand why why is our humanity so spit on and 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 nobody wants to talk about being human when that's what we are right and yeah. you know and it just it breaks my heart because there are people out there that are going through shit like this mm -hmm. and as a christian and they're afraid they can't talk to anybody they can't say anything to anybody they can't do because they're afraid and it's like why should you be afraid because you're human mm -hmm. yeah. you know i mean and and anything that takes away from your, your humanity i go that's i think that's what the beauty of jesus was is that we saw a lot of his humanity you know yeah. I, I i said this once in church and I said this at the pulpit, and I said it just like I'm going to say it now, and I got so criticized. And I guess my choice of wording was could have been better, but <laughs> I said, I want to know about the Jesus that cried. I want to know about the Jesus that took a shit. I want to know about the Jesus <laughs> that ate too many grape leaves and farted and stunk up the room. No, I know what you're saying, though, man. I mean... You know, that's the guy I want to know about. Yeah. And and you know what? All the crusades that burned all the, the, the records at Alexandria and everything else, those things have been robbed from us because that's the guy I want to know about. Mm -hmm. That's the guy I want to read about. And we could catch glimpses of it, you know? Uh, did, you I say, did you say, I want to know about the Jesus that takes a shit at a pulpit oh, yeah. in a church? I said it just like that, from the pulpit. Yeah, oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I, would have been, I would have been belly rolling in the back. <laughs> I just didn't care because I, I, I was trying to make a point. I was just trying oh, yeah. to make a point. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah right. I just, to me, I just think it's important to remember that we, we are human, you know? Yeah, if, if we have to sit here and say historically Jesus was here, and if you're a Christian and you believe that he was sent here, the Son of God, incarnate, Emmanuel, then you have to remember that he was God wrapped in a tent of flesh, but nonetheless he was God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm not. <laughs> right. And neither are you, and neither is he, and neither is she, everybody. And so to place yourself... Uh, in a position where you judge others for their weaknesses, for their tragedies, for their crap that happens. You know, I learned a lot about, in studying Kabbalah, I learned a lot about will and how God's very name, the, the, the name Yahweh or YHVH, actually translates in Hebrew, I will be. And then you take that and you break it down mathematically and it spells out, I am becoming. So when it says we were made of the image of God or the, his likeness, mm -hmm. it's that we have the ability to create. We make or break our lives. So, you know, I, I'm reminded of Wall Street and Gordon Gecko's pointing at this a bum and then a businessman and says, do you really believe that the difference between that guy and this guy is just luck? Or is it will? And that's really what it comes down to, is our will defines us. Mm -hmm. 
And that's our greatest gift from the universe is that we have the ability to change things in our lives, you know? And and I just preach it, I, Pastor I, Jimmy. Preach it. I'm sorry? I said preach it, Pastor Jimmy. Preach. <laughs> I just I just it, it breaks my heart because I want to see people with a freedom in their hearts and their minds. And I just I see I've seen a lot of growth in the Christian church in the past several years, but I've also seen a lot of weirdness. And it seems like a lot of things are passe now that used to be taboo. And something about it says that's kind of cool. But others part of me says, well, what took you so long? And, you know, yeah. do you realize 20 years ago you treated me like shit about this and now you're doing it? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> you know... Right. It's, just, it's kind of weird, but you know, it is what it is. I, you know, it's funny. I, I had a, I did an interview about four months ago, and the guy called me eccentric, and said <laughs> I was one of the most eccentric people he knew. Hmm. And I said, why would you say that? I go, I think I'm the most real person you know, because I don't care. I'll, I'll just tell you like it is. And he said, well, no, that's that's part of your eccentricity. And he started naming all these other people. And some of these people I actually know because he was talking about other Christian artists. And I'm like, no, they're not eccentric. They're pretentious. I go, <laughs> I go you can be an I go, you know, I've never understood that. Why you, to be an artist, you have to be eccentric or weird or strange or anything else like that. Why can't you just be an artist and then enjoy being a human being at the same time? You know? Sure. Yeah. Why, why does everybody think? Oh, I want to paint, so I got to be a freak like Andy Warhol. You know. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's just it's strange to me. You know, p people take themselves way too seriously, and that's Christian or secular. <laughs> no, you're right. Absolutely. This is this is like the heart of our show. Is like, you know, our our like. There's a tagline somewhere on our site. I don't know it verbatim, but it's 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 like finding humanity in an industry that's you know full of monsters. Yeah, yeah. So we you know that's the kind of thing we you know sometimes we talk to people and we we can't quite get past the the discography talk you know. And I I I love that you're opening up and talking about real stuff because that's kind of what we wanted to do. We didn't really want it to be like an interview, especially. Being big fans of your music, you know, it's kind of weird talking like an interview, you know. Well, you know, I look at it this way. I read, I read a a, a, a tell-all tale book about Bowie, and it paints him as the biggest piece of shit on the planet, you know. <laughs> and you know what? Many of those things might be true, but it just doesn't discount the fact that he made music that moved me, and so yeah, I'll never. I'll never stop being a fan. Now, as a human being, is he a big turd? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't right. care. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel that way about a lot of my musical, you know, icons or heroes. I'd be like, I don't know if I would see eye to eye on most of what they what they think, but man, this song they wrote is amazing. <laughs> you know, exactly, dude. And and I, I you know, that's what I because I'm working with a lot of artists right now here, young. They're young, and 
some of them I see going down that pretentious route, and I try to tell them, you know, you have to be self-deprecating. You have to be able to laugh at yourself. Don't yeah. take yourself so seriously. I'll never forget. I was with Mike Rowe, and uh, <laughs> and I he he shared some lyrics with me, and I changed them. I I you know as I anybody who knows me knows that I'll. I'll, I'll start singing perverse lyrics. I'll take any song and I'll just start singing stupid perverse lyrics. <laughs> and it's just playing around. It's just messing. And he like stopped me and goes, dude, this was given to me by God. That I don't appreciate you making fun. And I looked at him and I go, dude, if you are being serious right now, you're a fucking moron. Wow. <laughs> and I told him because it came from you. You know, now if you want to say God's inside of you and that this was written, I go well. Then let let me let me tell you this. I go, do you uh, did you have sex with your wife last night, or was it God? Was God plowing your wife? Uh. <laughs> and he just like stopped and looked at me, and I go seriously, dude. I go, I'm not trying to be rude, offensive, or mean, but really think about what you say before you say it. <laughs> You know, don't, wow. don't attribute things to God that God has nothing to do with, you know? What, just, what like lyrics, I, just curious, what, what lyrics was it? Was it the song he, he's known for? Uh, he was penning it at the time, and he played it for us. And uh, I know, wish I knew his song. And everybody was there, and, and I just, like I said, I took it, and I just started, you know, I started doing my stupid usual things, you know, talking about panties and, you know, and, you know, just, I, I always make up stupid lyrics because I've always laughed, and you could edit this out, but uh, I've always laughed at how some of the things always rhyme very well, like dong, long, song, <laughs> uh, dick, lick. Uh, you know, you know, uh, sick. Um, no way I'm editing that out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just think that some of that stuff's funny. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so I do it all the time. I do that to Christmas carols all the time. Because <laughs> the songs just are asking for it. I will say this, and they're worth a lot of money. At least I've been told they are. But I've actually re-recorded quite a few songs to what's called Manny lyrics because I used to tease Manny all the time about being gay. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh and no. he's not, trust me, he's not. But he it, it would make him so mad and that's the thing if if I see something makes you mad it's going to make me do it all the more. You know? <laughs> oh, I, have I, a, I have that side dad. of me too. I have that side of me too. I always attribute it to like I always had like a jock athletic side. Mm. Where, I'm not competitive, and I'm definitely not an athlete. If you looked at me, but I, I always had like this. I always, I, I, I think I know what you mean. I, I now that I know that irritates you, I'm gonna do it a little because. Oh yeah. I just for the sport of it, and isn't that sick? Like that's it's gross. Is, okay, it is twisted and it's sick, and I'm not gonna lie. And, and to be honest with you, you know, I'll talk to Manny on the phone now, and he's like, dude. You started this shit back in like 1989, and you still are doing it and laughing at yourself every time you do it. Why? Why are you still doing this? You know. 
Because <laughs> I'll sing one of my songs to him, you know, and, and he right. gets mad. And 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 oh, I man. told him that's why I do it because you get mad still. <laughs> and that's and that's yeah. part of the and part of the bargaining chip is when they say, and by the way, nobody else thinks it's funny but you. <laughs> that makes it that makes it better. I don't give a shit if anybody. Oh, totally. It does make it doing it better. for me. Yeah. It's more for me. More for me. Exactly. <laughs> I, it, it, and so I've always done that. Now, see, when I did that with Terry, he laughed his ass off. I did it with Gene, he laughed his ass off. You know. Good. So, yeah. See, uh, those guys have a good sense of humor. Well, they're twisted too. If I told you some of the things they would say, you would be like, "Oh my gosh!" I mean, they would say some I twisted love it. stuff too, and it was hilarious. I, I remember uh, I was recording. It was something on River. River was the funnest record for me because we were scheduled to be in the studio for two or no three months, and then we ended up in there for almost eight, I think eight or nine months, until they finally dragged me out of there. But, um, <laughs> but oh my gosh, wow. I would uh, I would mimic Gene. You know, because you know he kind of had that REME type uh, voice. Yeah, stuff. totally. And, you know that song he does, "River on Fire." That kind. Oh yeah, river. Oh, I love it. Well, that's such an intense song. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, so he, you know, and I asked Gene, "Hey, where did you grow up?" And he said, "Pomona." And I said, "Really?" And so I started singing, and 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 we have this on tape somewhere, but oh it, man. I, I'm like singing, I know a lot about the history of Pomona and all those <laughs> groves they grew over there. <laughs> oh, man, I would I, love to hear that. Oh, I, mean, so I mean, just stupid stuff like that. And then, like, when uh, <laughs> when it was time for me to record, Terry would tell me, don thy golden recording panties and go <laughs> and forth and conquer, you know. Stupid stuff like so that. Funny. Gosh, if I could have been a fly on the wall for some of this stuff, man. Oh yeah, it was good, so good times, good days. I, I, uh, I, I. Everybody laughs because, uh, you know, on my Facebook posts, I always, I, I, I write out these long stories, and uh, you know, people, some people criticize me about it, but others are just like, dude, your articulate memories are just great. And I said because that's all I have, and in a lot of ways, I think memories are vital. And try to remember them as best as possible it, with absolute accuracy. Because if mm-hmm. you know, the more fantasy you add to it, then it becomes less interesting. I think what has happened to me in my life has been so interesting. I don't need to make fantasy out of it. Sure. Yeah. Keep it <laughs> well, real. Yeah. 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 And 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 you know, just the the unique opportunity to work with the people you've gotten to work with, and to be a part of the music industry that isn't anymore. You know, like. I mean, I would love to record in a studio like that. I would love to, you know, work with people like that. But it's just—it's just never going to happen. It's just yeah. the whole—the whole thing is different now. And to have that, those experiences, and get to talk about it, and the kind of records that you got to make—it's just absolutely something you want to, you know, you—you you can. It's not that you're holding on to the past. It's just—it's a, a fantastic. Experience, you know. You're helping. Well, I, your, you're helping everybody. I, I actually made. I actually made the control room in uh, here at Three Frogs very similar to the one at, at the green room. Wow, and, really? And I did that on purpose because it was to make me feel comfortable. Because you know, Olaf asked me. You know, I built. You know, because I I took control of the construction crew when I came here, and uh, I had them build him a real nice office up front and all this other stuff, and he's like, eh, 
he was <laughs> we were looking over plans and he went through his office and he was choosing his palettes for the colors and he goes what where's your office i said and i walked into the control room and i said you're looking at it <laughs> exactly <laughs> this, this is what it this is what my office is like One thing I want to make sure we, we talk about before we, we get off is um, the uh, the Jupiter 6 album, the, the latest album you put out. Oh, Movable Walls, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, if I'm honest... It's huge in Peru. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Your platinum-selling record, bootleg record in yeah. Peru, yeah. Yeah, my platinum, my platinum release in Peru, yeah. <laughs> yeah, unreal. Uh... Yeah, so I, I'm I was kind of out of the loop with that with that project, and I I um when when I knew we were gonna talk and all, I was like, you know, I know he's got another record out. I want to hear it, and I went on YouTube. That's the only place I knew where to hear it, and um, there's a it's it's on there. The whole thing's streaming on YouTube. Yep. Yeah, that I know that happened like within days of its release. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah, but it's cool. I, it's being heard. That's all that matters. Well, I definitely want to pick it up because I want to tell you I was really shocked at how um, proggy it is. It's like a, pro a really progressive type. Um, I mean, I am a huge Pink Floyd fan and a and a fan of like King Crimson and and stuff like that, Rush and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. awesome. And I was just shocked to hear how much of that was in it. I just never heard that side of you before. And, yeah, there, um, was a, there were a lot of nods, uh, healthy nods to Floyd and 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 yeah. to Rush because those are uh, both Rush and Floyd um, are a, are a big thing. I mean, I for me, it's it's always going to be about you know, well, gosh, it's hard to say with Rush. I love everything up until uh, up until Power Windows. And uh, what? I, That's my one of my favorite ones. Whoa. No, I love Power Windows, but oh, okay, Power Windows. Uh, I thought uh, you meant that was like the cutoff for you. Oh no, no. I mean, well, I guess after Power Windows, 
And so like Presto and Hold Your Fire. And I got to be honest with you, I haven't even heard them. So and wow. it's not, not that I didn't give them a chance. It's just I haven't even heard them. Um, but mm. you know, and then Floyd. Obviously, everything ends for me with uh, you know, it's anything after past Waters. I don't listen to, but uh, you really. Know, but animals and and uh, wish you were here will always be my and then of course going back to Umagama and and even like echoes and all that stuff I just I love 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 that yeah. stuff and it's Metal, funny you brought in yeah. a, you brought up King Crimson because in the Court of the Crimson Kings one of my favorite albums of all time oh yeah I love it uh, Red sick guitar player he really is he's a he's like a, a machine yeah but um yeah like um. I really dug their their record Red. I don't know if you follow that one. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because that's kind of like their metal album. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, yeah. So, and I I do really love the uh, post Roger Waters Pink Floyd too. I really like um, um, what is it? Momentary lapse of reason. What well, momentary. Like? That's that's with learning to fly and all that. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. dude. It's great stuff, no question. But I I guess I like the. Uh, the raw freakiness of Waters. It just, oh, yeah. Just yeah, so I mean... Because cool. Gilmore's so refined, you know? Exactly, yeah. It's like they kind of they kind of balanced each other, I think, because, like, what made Pink Floyd so amazing was, like, the combination of the, um, you know, the Gilmore's kind of, like, just a beautiful guitar, like, the guitar work that he does. And then you oh. mix that in with Roger Waters' kind of, like, conceptual side of it, you know? And it just yeah. creates this monolithic thing. And I... I like them separately, and I love them together. And yeah, absolutely, yeah, for sure. But but your record is it? it uh, I think it's honestly the th- best thing I've heard you do since probably River Disturbance. Honestly, oh, I mean I, I've enjoyed every record you've done, but there's things I like about each one. But I, I mean I'm kind of shocked, you know. And I wanted to say this earlier when we started talking about it, but kind of shocked at at the the uh, reaction to it because I mean in terms of sales and stuff. Because I mean, man, it's like Really well recorded, and Thank just you. I heard it. I listened to it today, and I'm just like, "Where the hell have I been? This is awesome." What studio well, did you go to? Well, see, that's part of the problem is is nobody knows about it, and and part of it part of it is is Bill Rocks um, and Rocks Records. You know, he he has a niche market, and his yeah, niche his that's niche, true. His niche market is old school metalheads. That you know are bald on top but mullet in the back, nice. and I love those and, guys. And still want to you know bang their heads and throw up the horns and go yeah you know and and that's cool. But and I kind of I I kind of took rocks as as a uh, label that was cons- was was primarily just doing reissues. I didn't even know they were doing new recordings. They'll do new recordings once in a while. Bill just loved the album so much. And, you know, he asked, you know, because he would come over to my house and, and when I was recording it and when I was mixing, especially when I was mixing it, and he's like, you know, who's going to release this? And I said, I don't know. I was just thinking about maybe trying to get an iTunes account and putting it up there and seeing what happens. And, I, you know, and he's like, this really needs to be marketed, blah, 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 blah. But see, yeah. the thing is, he doesn't know how to market it. Uh, and yeah. Like our Back from Mars album, Matt didn't know how to market it, but it still sold 10,000 units. You know, my Fearful Symmetry stuff actually sold really well, too. Uh, the, well, the first one, Sad Vale of Tears, didn't really do very well, which I was really depressed because I thought that was a pretty slamming record. 
But I've never even heard it. I didn't. I knew that there was a project like that, but I've never heard it. Oh wow! Well, yeah, that one was put out by Retroactive Records as well. Oh, okay. And, and um, love the title, by the way. I, I I have a feeling I know where you got it. Uh, Monty Python, <laughs> of course. <laughs> but uh, but uh, you know, you know, you that was a great record. And in fact, you can it's on iTunes. You can go down and listen to it. Oh, there. okay, great. Yeah, I'll check um, it out. Especially if you have Apple Music, you know you can just listen to it for free, which is cool. Uh, the other album, though, that uh, was released by Psychoacoustics Records, which is a short-lived label because the owner, unfortunately, just out of nowhere passed away. It was really a tragedy. Oh, wow. uh, just passed away in his sleep. Really sad. But he, this guy had a vision and a love and a heart for anything I did. And, and I, I didn't even know the guy. He was just a huge fan of River Disturbance. And we just became friends, and he had started this label. And he put out um, uh, an album called Loss of Balance for me. And it's all, I mean, if you're into Depeche Mode uh, and <laughs> one, anything all electronica, this is an all electronica record. Sweet. Yeah. I am into Depeche Mode. And I did a great cover, <laughs> not to toot my own horn, but uh, I, I didn't realize how good it was until I put it on a couple of months ago. It was, uh, I did a cover of the Psychedelic Furs, Love My Way. And it actually turned oh, out. Oh, really cool! Nice. I want to hear that. So that album was short-lived, but but he um, he called me up and he says, "I have an idea." And I said, "What is that?" And now, mind you, I'm I'm right in the middle of, of building my career in the casino industry in Vegas. And he says, "You need to do a Ziggy Stardust type record." And I said, "Nope, not interested. Thanks." And and then <laughs> I had this kind of epiphany or a dream or something, and I thought about. You know, I'm going to write about my experience with Deliverance, but I'm going to write a whole other story and make up this just a bunch of fake band member names, and it's going to be Jupiter 6. And so that's what Back from <laughs> Mars is all about. And it's basically about my experience in the uh, Christian music industry. And Really? Yeah, it's... it's, it's <laughs> It's a really, it's fun, and I actually wrote a book to accompany it, and unfortunately, um, these were old computers that I had saved everything on, on floppy disks, so oh, it, all, yeah. it all disappeared, and, but I, I would really like, I think I found the first, like, two chapters written, but uh, I'd like to finish that one day, but needless to say, that was a fun, quirky 70s uh, glam rock record, so when it came time to do... Uh, um, a new Jupiter 6 record, uh, I really, really didn't know which way to go, and it, it was right when we moved back to California, and it was those three months that I went sober, and mm -hmm. I started writing Movable Walls, and uh, it's about my story in, in, in Alabama. The, the whole album is that is the story. Wow. So, yeah, I kind of, 
I picked up that there was something conceptual about it, but I I wasn't sure what oh, yeah. what it was you were getting at with the lyrics. I didn't really get a close look at that yet, but yeah, especially the first song, uh, "Sleepless Ends," part one through four. It's uh, it, it's definitely all about my experience here. You know, that's why that whole uh, the last part. You know, you've learned how to laugh, you learned how to cry, you learn. You know, okay. Yeah, that's very very. You know, so where do you go? What do you do? You know, was it, you know, was it worth the life spent? Was it look worth all you earned? But life goes on, you know. You've learned how to smile. You've learned how to frown. You've learned your way up and learned your way down. You've learned how to act and hold your head high. You've learned how to laugh and learned how to cry. You found your way home from whence you were lost. You suffered some blows and counted the cost. Now where do you go? What did you learn? Was it worth the mind spent? Was it worth all you want? So it, it's a it was a cool it was a cool record and I got to work with one of my favorite favorite guitar players of all time he's like my Robert Fripp it's a guy named Jeff Seba and uh, you know okay. he played with a band called Bronx Style Bob and you know he toured with the Chili Peppers and you know he's wow okay this he's just this phenomenal uh, gem of a guitar player that's not well known mm -hmm. and. Uh, he and I just worked really hard on it and had had a lot of fun. I played the drums and the bass and the keyboards and and some guitar. Wow. And, you you uh, play the drums? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's how I started uh, with with the Jupiter Six concept because I couldn't find anybody that wanted to like take the time and come and they did, they couldn't capture the vision of the first album because I called Jim Chaffin, uh, you know, who's been a a long time unofficial member of Deliverance, and then he's he and I are just bros, you know, and yeah. he, he, if he doesn't like it, he can't play it, and I was playing him some of the songs over the phone, and he just said, I don't like it, man, and I'm like, okay, that's fine, so it forced me to pick up the sticks and start playing, <laughs> and that's how it happened. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. I had no idea you were playing all that. Well, again, I'm just listening off of YouTube, so <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know who's doing what, who's in the band or anything. Yeah, that's, so that's it's on iTunes too, man. Uh, trick check it out on there yeah. yeah I'd like to like to pick it up I really enjoy it did is this a, is this a band that you you do do you play out live with this at all or how does uh, that work no we we did play two shows in 2007 and 2008 um, we played a couple of shows and um, one they had no idea who we were and the other one actually there was there were fans of the Back from Mars album there and it was a really well received show. Um, and then I just
got so submerged with work, I started getting deeper and deeper in my, my career in the industry yeah. that I just didn't have time for it. And kind of a shame. I understand you there. <laughs> yeah. Kind of a shame because uh, I really, really did. I still, I, I mean, I have tons of music recorded. In fact, I'm working on the next record uh, for Jupiter 6. Cool. Yeah, I was hoping you would you would continue doing some more of this stuff. Oh, definitely. Um, and are, are you the sole songwriter with for this too, or do you, um? Yeah. I know you were mentioning you did. What was the the guy's name on the guitar? Oh, Jeff Seba. Yeah, he's he's okay. a, he's a, he's a player. You know, he's a he's an like he records his parts, but you write the parts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this is your your baby. Oh yeah. Much like Deliverance. Yeah, Deliverance, Fearful Symmetry, Jupiter 6, all my babies. What's going on with Deliverance? I we kind of I failed to ask that earlier when we were talking about it, but is that um, completely done? Is here what I say the last thing? Or well, I wanted it to be. Um, <laughs> I was going to say that I saw the last. You get a lot of the last show was in 2011, and then you came out with that album 2013. This is the last album. What makes you think I'm going to believe you at this point? <laughs> 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 you know, I, I've got to say this, and this part I will say for your ears and probably edit out because I don't want to hurt people's feelings. Whatever okay. you want. But I, I was done with Deliverance um, after River Disturbance. 
I, w I yeah. was completely and totally done because I felt I'd created my magnum opus with that album. Mm. And I was done. And I did, I, I did Camelot for one reason and one reason only. Uh, I needed the money. And, mm. uh, and, and at that time, my coke addiction had started, so I really needed the money. And, you know, huh. Frontline, Frontline gave me a huge, huge advance and um, that's why I did it. I think some wonderful songs came out of that album. Yeah, that, that um, album has some really cool songs on it. Yeah, and as a really a good whole, Bowie cover. It, as a as a whole, it's a weird record, but there's some there's some choice cuts on it. But I, I was really done with it then. And then in 2001, I didn't. I was already doing Fearful Symmetry. And and then I got coaxed into doing the assimilation thing, and then I then I quit again. And then you know, 2005, you know, I got coaxed into you know, oh come on, the fans really need it, and and people want it, and da 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 da. And then we got offered this tour of South America, and all that. And it's like, well, uh, all right, okay, let's do it again. And then you know, do it, and then. You know, but here's the thing with each record since River Disturbance, actually since uh, since uh, Stay and Learn, I get called from former members, and 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 I get guilt tripped, you know, and they they like I I heard the new album and it's so brilliant, you know, and and I'm so upset that I wasn't a part of it. And it's like, well, that that was your choice, and no, it wasn't. It was you because you kicked me out, and blah. blah. I'm like, I, I never kicked you out. You left, blah 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 blah. And it turns into all this drama, and I have to endure that with every freaking release. Mm. And wow. hear, what I, hear what I say was no exception. And you know, I got calls up the ass the minute it got released, and, you know, oh, dude, so it's the last thing, and I couldn't be a part of it, huh? I couldn't play on it, and blah, blah, blah. It just, it just drives me nuts, you know? And, yeah. and the best way I painted it to, to my wife is that I never wanted to be the war horse. And... And, and I don't know if you know what I mean, but you know, back in in, in the Civil War days and shit, when, when whenever you had that horse that rode General Custard or whatever, then they would have a parade two years later, and then the the horse was carried through. Oh, this is the horse that carried Custard in the battle, and this was the horse, you know. But you know, after a few years, that horse was looking decrepit and mangy and shitty, and you know, but they kept, you know pulling it out and wheeling it through town and everybody's, oh, look at the nice horsey, but it's all gotcha. old and decrepit, you know, gotcha. for, for the one thing that it did. And I didn't want Deliverance to be that. And I, I struggled with every release from Stay, Learn, River, Camelot. It's all the same crap. It's not Weapons Part 2. It's not Weapons Part 2. And I am so sick of hearing that. It's mm -hmm. like I want to tell every I want to write all these fans and say you make weapons part 2 then. <laughs> are you are you seriously making us edit all this out cuz this is amazing. What uh, what part of that were we cutting out? I'm just want to make sure cause... You know what? Just keep it. That's all good. I I have got to say I, I I just I just it love that you're being said. so honest about it. That's Yeah, it needs to be said. So leave it. And and, and 
it just, I just, I wanted it to go out in dignity. And for me, River was the dignity that it needed to end on. Mm-hmm. And and uh, because start to finish, that record's just really, really a good album. I, I have to tell you, I, I've done what? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eight, I've done eight albums since River Disturbance. And uh, with different projects, not just all deliverance. Yeah, yeah. But, mm-hmm. but I have not been more proud of a record than River Disturbance. And sent until movable walls. Now this is the first one that I'm the most proud of, and um, and it's sad that I read reviews of uh, of the movable walls, and I I read a bunch that were wonderful, and then there were those few. It's not weapons part two. <laughs> and, it's not even deliverance. I mean, what do you expect? Exactly, you know? and that's it's like. I'm 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 Luke Skywalker, dude. I'm I'm poor Mark Hamill who can't escape that damn role. Yeah. And it I hate people. It just sucks. Because I just me. I write from my heart. And it's like all of you just don't care. You got unless I give you what you want, you flip me the bird. Yep. And 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 I and and it's just not fair. And so that's why that's why I just with with hear what I say, I was done. And like I said, dude, I got more phone calls from more former band members about how they weren't involved and and I just told them all, sorry. Fuck off. It's it's over. It's done. Wow. And and then George calls me well, we should do weapons part two. Blah 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 blah. This is a, <laughs> this is a money making opportunity, and you know it would be great if you and I, did, you know, reunited and blah 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 blah. And I said, we already did reunite. You played on the first Jupiter Six record, you know, which he did. He played on three cuts, mm-hmm. and cool. and um, and and he's like, yeah, but you didn't even give me credit. And I said, because I told you I wasn't going to give you credit. I didn't give anybody credit. Nobody even knew it was me because I everybody had different names, you know. Not the concept, yeah. Yeah, and and um, so we got together, and I agreed to do some shows. And I said, let's put together an all-star cast. It'll be me, you, Jim Chaffin, Crucified, Victor Macias, Tourniquet, and. We'll put together an all-star cast. We'll go out, do some shows, have have a laugh, have some laughs, have some riots, have some beer, and go out there and let's see if we could stir up a buzz, make something happen, blah, 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 blah. Well, it turned into that. All of a sudden, there's T-shirts and there's talk of a new record and all this. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't agree to any of this shit. I, I just said, <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. I said, let's do a few shows. <laughs> I go. I didn't agree to anything else further, and, and that's interesting. Yeah, and yeah. I'm because, dude, I'm done. And I'll be honest with you. That's how I got roped into every other one of those projects with anything doing with Deliverance since um, River. Is I get roped into it by everybody saying, "Well, it's already out there anyway, so we might as well do it." And then I don't yeah. want to be a dick and 
and and be the big meanie and 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 stop everybody. You know, it's funny, dude. All my former band members give more of a shit about Deliverance than me, the brainchild and creator of the damn thing. <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> right. And I don't mean no. to, I don't mean to downplay it, and I don't mean to talk down. No, about not it. at all. I mean, have you seen Bowie's new video, Black Star? Yes, Stuff? so good. Okay. Did you did you catch the major Tom reference with the astronaut? Yes. Yes. You know. The dead astronaut. Yep. Yeah, he's he's even uh, here. I mean, dude, that was 1969. It was 46 years ago, and he's still having to like you know try to adhere to that, that 70s yeah, era or whatever. He's yeah. done that part of himself because it's like he's moved on, and some people just can't let go, and it's so it's so difficult, you know. And but you know, I know I've been guilty of it because. Um, once, I mean, I, I, like I said, I became a diehard Metallica fan, and then I bought Black Album, and I was done. <laughs> yeah. you know? But I didn't say they need to make Ride the Lightning again. They need to start playing Battery more. I didn't do any of that. I just, you know, and I'll be very honest with you. The new Bowie thing is really, really cool, and I love it, and I'll buy it because I'm a diehard Bowie fanatic, but I haven't listened to anything since Earthling. And I have all his new albums, all the releases since Earthling, 1997. But I listened to it once and said, that's cool. I'm digging that he's where he's at right now, but it doesn't jive with me. So, <laughs> and, and that's the end of it. Now, there's some cool songs. Like, uh, I think uh, on the Heathen album, there's a song called Survive that's amazing. And, yeah, that record's great. Yeah, there's, there's cool. And then Hours has some great songs, Thursday's Child and... and, and there's a lot of cool stuff he's doing, but I'm not going to listen to him and say, "Oh, well, he should be doing Earthling again," you know, or right, he should. Right, right. You know, he, he needs to go back to Heroes. That was that was when it was real, you know. I mean, come on, man. Well, he's an example of somebody who's con constantly reinventing himself, and I think it's always good. I don't think, um, like, I was I was happy when he when Heathen came out because it it kind of did throw back to a simpler time for him, you know, coming out of all the techno stuff and the nine inch nails and all that. But but I mean, I loved outside. I loved I loved that he completely... Sorry. Yeah. He, outside, he came outside, out with all that earthling, stuff. Outside and Earthling are brilliant records and mm -hmm. I thought it was cool because he was giving homage to Nine Inch Nails, Marilyn Manson and all these other ones that had been paying homage to him for low. And heroes, and I thought that was so cool. I, I mean, but he definitely made a very clear statement that hey, been there, done that, <laughs> right. and, and still a badass. <laughs> and yeah. I was hoping to do that in a weird way with "Hear What I Say." That's hence the title. And um, there's a song on "Hear What I Say" that really exemplifies kind of how I feel about everything, and it's called "Nude," and. Lyrically, that's where I'm at, and and it, it's funny you talked about reinventing and re, you know it, that's that's what my whole thing with that is is rebirthing, and I I just want I guess for me the old girl needs to go to sleep already you know. <laughs>
Um, yeah, you know, I would I would rather you not put out half-hearted Deliverance albums than and put out something you're you actually are are like inspired by and focused. You know, like that's what I I'm interested in hearing because you you've done a thousand different Deliverance sounding records anyway. So who cares? What the project is, if it's going to be something that you're inspired to do, then that's it's always going to produce the best results, I think. That's what I you think know. too. You know? Yeah. And there's always those people that would have bitched if Master of Puppets was Ride the Lightning too. Mm-hmm. They would have complained. I oh mean, yeah. Everybody... And it's funny. It's those same people that complain about those records too. By the time the, the now the next record comes out, they're already fans of the one they bitched about. Oh, totally, totally. It's like they. It's because it like people probably. Well, I mean, I'm assuming River Disturbance was like a, a shock to people when it came out. I know a lot of people were like, "This isn't metal," but I mean, oh, it was horrible. The release, the release, we you should have seen the fan mail we got. It was like, I mean, there was like, I remember the worst one. We were playing um, uh, what what festival? We played this huge festival, the biggest crowd we ever played to, Igthus Festival, out in Kentucky, mm-hmm. and sixty thousand people, and we what? got. Hundreds of leathers, letters telling us, if you play anything off of that rancid new record, we can't be held responsible for what's going to happen. I'm like, what the hell is that? <laughs> you know? I'm like, I, oh my I mean, gosh. I'm like, these are our Christian brothers and sisters welcoming us with open arms? I mean, my God, <laughs> what is going on here? Stone Except him. for the music industry. <laughs> well, that's one, of, that's one of the reasons why... Um, I talked the band into let's all cut our hair and start wearing suits on stage for this entire tour, and we did it. I thought it was cool personally. I, I mean, because it still maintained. I mean, the production sounded so good. The guitars were so freaking hit, crushing heavy. I just was like, oh yeah, I thought it was cool mixing the suits in with it. I've always liked that. Like when you go see a band and you're like looking at them and you have these preconceived ideas of what they're gonna play and then they completely floor you, and you're like, they don't look. Like the people that would do this, and and I've always loved that kind of thing with bands. Yeah, the contrast is the contrast is yeah. always cool. I'll never forget when we uh, when Gene was fixing finished we finished mixing River, and uh, we said okay, let's. We always did our routine. We took a three day break, didn't listen to it, and then we would come back together. Him, he, uh, he, Terry, and I, and and sat and listened to it. And, uh, you know, Belltown starts, you know, it starts up. Oh, yeah. And Gene just stops it before the chorus hits and goes, dude, that is so freaking heavy. <laughs> he it goes, is. He goes, that is so badass. By day I yell out screams of a compromising scene as the wailing wall in the waves back. Time. There we 
finds its way into daddy's arm to stay while the kids are thrown to the night and so to play. I have to tell you, the thing that's more magical about that record for me is there is no external EQ used on that. I did hear that once and thought, yeah, I forgot about that. That's nuts. Dean did it all with mic placement. We He refused to use any EQ on it. And, dude, wow, that, record, man, that, that record has balls for days. I can't even fathom what that It is be. such an amazing – that one and Learn are both really good production. I think so. I, I really uh, – but, you know, River, I definitely took the artistic license to a new level. You know, especially you hear songs like Map, you know. <laughs> yeah. but I, Map's never, awesome. I love Map. I'll never forget, I handed John Maddox – he was so sweet. He was a young kid, guitar player, and I, I handed him two screwdrivers, hooked up two wah pedals, and said, stand on both of them, and you can't use a pick or your fingers. You can only use these two screwdrivers to play the solo. <laughs> no way. I love it. That's cool, man. I remember we were sitting there trying to mix it, and I go, there's something missing, Gene. I, I, I can't hear it. And I go, wait a minute. And I run out to my car, and I just look for something, and I see my uh, my daughter's baby rattle. And I went and I grab it, and I go, throw up a mic, man. And we just throw it in there for like half a second. <laughs> oh, that's then, awesome. And then he slowed the tape down, so it like went. <laughs> and it was like. That's so cool. Oh, that's what that is? Yeah. Which track is it? The rattle? Uh, oh, it's on math at the very. Just, end. Oh, okay. Oh, that song's got so much going on; it's ridiculous. The uh, the 
really high. I, I'm not even gonna try to imi- imitate it. The really high vocal woos you're doing at the end there, and the oh yeah, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> what a freaking blast! I had so I much it. with that song, but. That was when Terry looked at me and said, okay, you're going a little too nutsy with this. This has got to stop. creativity but he said you are going off the deep end now you were just too much and then and then i made the company rent uh a second 24 track machine because you know this is the day of two inch tape we had to yeah. get two of them and sync them together because i wanted to do a full choir of my voice for you still smile the tribute to my wife and yeah. uh, and uh it, it was just crazy well at first i wanted to get a choir but then uh Terry was like, well, you could do all the voices, just double them up and triple them up. And we thought, well, let's do it electronically. And then Gene says, no, well, why do it electronically? Let's just tape, track them 24 times doing it. This has been absolutely, uh, it's a combination. It, it reminds me of... Uh, the new Deliverance album. It is a combination <laughs> of uh, the progression of where people are heading in their lives, and it also has it also waxes nostalgic, you know. And um, something something about the new Deliverance album made me feel like uh, I think that this is relevant, and at the same time, it had that bald on top mullet yeah to it too. You know what I mean? It, that's and you know it's cool that you caught that because that's exactly what I was going for when I when I when I did it is I wanted to wax nostalgic but at the same token I wanted to paint a picture of where I was going from here. Yeah, I I, I honestly I honestly felt like this sounds like a dude in his forties writing music that works and doesn't sound dated, but at the same time. Totally reminds me of why I liked Deliverance, Weapons. You know what I mean? Like, like it's just uh, it's a nice package the way that the, the way that it all kind of wrapped together. And by the way, speaking of covers, circling all the way back around to you guys covering Striper, um, Iron Maiden, dude, I'm the biggest Iron Maiden fan. Where Eagles there? Oh, that's awesome. Oh my god, <laughs> loved it. I I wanted to tell you uh, one of my favorite tracks on the new album is the uh, Hope Lies Beyond. Oh, thank you. I wish I could take full credit for that, but my buddy Rick Mester wrote most of it. Oh, really? It's just I just love it. It's such a weird break in the middle of the album there, where you're, you're getting and I, you know, the uh, angst is uh, kind of a throwback to the I think what a joke kind of fast thrash stuff and oh bad yeah badly yeah. It's super super thrashy. I think Annals the opening track is is uh, it kind of sets the tone a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then, and oh. then, 
it's like you said, uh, hope kind of takes you to the next level. It's going to another journey now. It's a total, it really is, like, if you were going to say this is our swan song, this is our last record, it really is a compilation of a lot of what you've done. I mean, the different sort of directions you guys took, you know. I can hear a little bit of Learn, I can hear a little bit of River, depends on the, depends, and of course some, there's some weapons in there too, it, it just depends on, it is kind of like a compilation sort of of your, the different journeys you guys took with the other records. That's kind of well, how I, I took it from it. I definitely think so, I, I especially, uh. You know, I, I like I like detox. That that just kind of has a yeah. that that was again. I was kind of writing about the people here in the South that that don't want to progress, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I I just visited a town out here, and uh, <laughs> and I I I stopped. I was lost, and I was working for the casino, and I actually was making a delivery to a guest that lived out in this town, and. Uh, I saw a general store and two sheriff's cars parked there, and I felt okay. Well, I, I was scared. I was in Deliverance Country, the movie, and uh, <laughs> and, and uh, I was a little scared. But then I said, oh, "Okay, I feel a little." Get out! I go into the store, and there they are. They're all sitting there, and and you know the owner, the proprietors, you know, you know, yes, sir. What 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 can do for you, boy? And I'm like, oh, um. I'm, my name's Jimmy, and he's uh, Jimmy Brown, and he's like, you went to casino? And I said, I am, sir. I go, that much of a dead giveaway, huh? Because I was wearing a suit. And, he's, and I, I asked for the directions, and I bought a soda. Uh, or actually, no, I bought a, a Starbucks. I was surprised they actually had a Starbucks a mocha frappuccino in there. And I bought one of those bottles, and, uh, and I said, may I use your restroom, sir? And he says, oh, round back, son. And I said, okay, thank you. And I walk around. And I go in this bathroom, and clear as day, I took a picture of it, too. It said, no dogs, no niggers. Wow. And this is wow. this is the town where the sheriff, this is the store where the sheriffs are hanging out. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I send a picture. Man, that's scary. I send a picture to a buddy of mine that I'm working at the casino with who's from New York. And he says, where are you? And I tell him the name of the town. He goes, get the hell out of there. They don't know you're part Jewish, do you? And I go, no. I go, I didn't even talk to anybody. And he's like, get the hell out of there, dude. He goes, he goes, especially, it's, he goes, that's a blackout town. And I said, what is blackout? And he goes, well, once it gets dark, you don't want to be caught there if they know you're a minority. And I'm like, oh, wow. 
And, and it just kind of tripped me out that towns like this still exist. You're tripping me out with it too. I didn't. That's horrible. That's yeah, gross, it was, man. It was creepy as all gets out. And well, I'll tell you what. If I ever felt like there was a, a bigoted bone in my body, uh, I, I realized what a humanitarian I am when I moved here, man. Because <laughs> these people are <laughs> deadly serious. It still exists here. All the That's shit sad. you see in the movies. Uh, I don't know where you fellas are at. Where are you guys at? Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Oh, you're in PA. Yeah, you, you know, it's different there, man. It, yeah. It, you know... Here, I mean, this this shit is real still. This, I mean, if you watch movies like Mississippi Burning or Ghosts of Mississippi, and and you think, oh yeah, those that was that was the '60s. No, this stuff's still happening here. It's still real. That's really and, sad. And it just it blows you away. And uh, well, you know, it's funny. I don't know if you guys ever see any of my Facebook posts, but you know, about five months ago, it was like a month of being here. You know, somebody left uh, a plastic bag with a rock in front of my driveway. I did see that post. I could not believe that. Yeah, with the KKK thing? Yeah, they're, they're, they're going door to door like the Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah, except they're doing it with baggies and rocks. I mean, it's just like, it's like, wow. I mean, this stuff is like, I just said, wow, this was a nice welcome home. Yeah, right. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, it's That's crazy. I'm it's getting upset crazy. hearing it, frankly. Ugh. Well, you know, yeah, I don't know. You think with a with a president like we had, it, it seems like it made it worse in some areas too. I think like, it did in a lot of ways. Yeah. Well, I think we need to complete the set and let Hillary be president next. So, <laughs> and let's let's see what really we we could start. Uh, <laughs> No thanks. <laughs> oh my gosh, uh, it's that's so funny. funny. Let's uh let's wrap this thing up, man. I am so happy that we got to talk to you for the as long as we did. This yeah, is, this is crazy awesome. So awesome. I yeah, this this went so much fun. into so many crazy directions, and I'm really happy we got to talk to you not just about Deliverance Records because that's what I was hoping we'd do, and I just really appreciate you. Well, I I. I said no problem. I'll I'll do part two, part three, part four. I don't care. I'll talk to you guys whenever you want. <laughs> well, yeah, man, we would love to have you back for sure. Yeah, yeah. but uh, no, it's been a pleasure, guys. I I uh, where what part of PA are you guys in? Um, I'm near. I'm in Lancaster County, near okay. the Amish. We're not too far from the Believer guys. Oh, okay, Kurt and them. Yeah, I live. Uh, I live in the Lehigh Valley. You know where Allentown is. Yes. I live like an hour north of Philly. I'm in Lehigh Valley. Yeah, oh, we're pretty, we're pretty East Coast, like like not far from the, you know, I'm like two hours from the, you know, the edge. So. Well, I I spent a lot of uh, a lot of time with I I have two aunts and and uh, one uncle uh, in Pittston, um, I know Scranton. Pittston. You know mm -hmm. that area. That's oh about, wow! Uh, okay. About an hour, hour and fifteen north of me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Pittston, Scranton, all that area. They're total shitholes, but I love them. Yeah, <laughs> I played a I played a show in Pittston once. I remember that. Yeah, I I love I love it there. I mean, I love just the ethnicity, the food, the the everything. It's mm. just great. Is, is it you, still is it still Commonwealth out there? Yes, it is. Yeah, that that that's the only thing that kills you on the taxes, though. Though. Yes, yeah. it does. <laughs> do you 
Do you get out to PA at all? Uh, it's been a while, man. Um, I, I, uh, in fact, I was talking to my cousin Sammy, who's out there, who still who still lives in Scranton, and uh, he was Facebooking me the other day and saying I got to come out and visit. And he's right, I, I you know, because he, you know, we want to take a trip to the city. My wife's never been to New York, and and she's never even been to Philly. And so I said, oh, we gotta we gotta make a trip out there, because I mean, what you know, a good what 13, 14 hour drive. It's not too bad. So one of these days we're gonna head out there. And uh, we won't drive; we'll fly. But uh, yeah. but just love to be out, hang out, and and just soak it up and enjoy it, you know. And plus, a real good buddy of mine just started at a uh, the Harrah's there, or Sugarland, or Sugartown, or something casino out there. And oh, uh, oh, yeah. Sugar House. Sugar House, that's it. Philly, yeah. Yeah, out in Philly. And uh, so he just started there as a uh, players club manager. So he's, he's been bugging me. And he said he'd comp my, comp my rooms and everything else. So uh, I, like I said, it'll happen here probably in the next three to six months. Oh, cool. Oh, cool, man. Yes, was... We should hook up and go get a good get some good Philly cheesesteaks. Uh, I, yeah. I would gladly take you to there or take you to all the spots where they filmed Rocky, all that Philly crap you do. <laughs> That's awesome. The cream, man. Oh, the cream cheese factory. Woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, but that would be awesome. I would love to hook up. My wife agree. would love all that stuff. You know what I do when I go to a place I've never been? The first thing I always I try to run into a local and I say, Tell me where you would go to eat. Exactly. I don't want to go where the tourist trap tells me to go eat. I want to go where you would go eat. Yeah. Tourist trap. And you know, and and because uh, that's the way you soak up what's really there, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, that would be, yeah, man, well, I can tell you where you can get some good cheesesteaks, and it's not at just Pat's and, uh, Gino's, like, everybody, yeah, that's yeah. what everybody thinks, but it's not, there's other places that are, that are better, actually, those, those just... are like, those are like the fifth and sixth best steaks in the city, exactly, yeah, and they're up, they're open all, you know, pretty much 24 hours, so, I mean, that's yeah. kind of what helps, you know, helps, uh, attract them there, but, yeah, you gotta you gotta know the the good places. Oh, Philly, the real food sure. is the real food is in the underground, you know, and that's mm -hmm. that's that's it's it's with the it's with the regulars and the locals. That's what you, that's where you get the real food. Yeah, I, I'm still a huge food fan. You know, it, it's funny when I <laughs> I lost a hundred pounds about. Uh, wow, really? Yeah, about uh, what was it? I think it was the the tail end of uh, 2012. Yeah, I went to the doctor. And, uh, you know, just regular routine checkup. And I honestly didn't realize it, but, um, I, you know, he, he's like, well, how long have you been this heavy? You know, because I was new to Alabama, and I said, well, what am I? And he says, you're 425. And I'm like, what? And, wow. and then I, I just hadn't realized it. And, and then uh, I, I came home, and I'm like, you know, Helen, why didn't you ever tell me I'd gotten – she's like, I didn't even realize you'd really gotten that big. And I started looking at pictures and blah, blah, blah. So the doctor put me on this diet, and within seven months, I'd lost 100 pounds. and went down to 300 wow. pounds. And, Good uh, for you, man. And it was cool. And then, you know, I moved back to Cali. I put 30 of it back on. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> I hadn't had Mexican food in a long time, and it was good. Oh to, yeah, yeah, good food. Mexican food will do that to you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Especially in Cali, it's, there's, there's, you just don't get it like that anywhere else. And yeah, and, uh, 
and then then we moved back here, and I was like determined I'm going to lose weight, and then I gained another ten pounds just eating all this southern fried crap, you know. And, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah I just enrolled in the uh, bariatric program. What's that now? The bariatric, you know, like the uh, fat surgery. That's the that's the cheap way of saying it. Oh, uh, is that the, like the well, stomach I mean, staple stuff? Well, yeah, but the, it's a you know it's a different process now. It's a lot lot less uh, crazy as as people think of it as you know like the band and all that stuff. But um, I I'm uh, in the in the program to to get like a hundred down, hundred or sure. so down myself, trying to get healthier as well. So I definitely understand the struggle and applaud you for your hundred pound loss and. Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, the one thing that could, they can never, I mean, and it happens, I, I kid you not, it happens at every uh, one-year physical. They always do my blood work twice because they think it's not right mm -hmm. because my cholesterol is always ridiculously low. And Low? Huh. And, uh, and, there, and I always have to go through the 20 questions. Yes, I smoke a pack of cigarettes a day. Yes, I drink alcohol. Yes, I eat whatever I want. I eat... I love red meat, hate chicken, and hate fish, you know? <laughs> oh, man. And they don't understand how my... And I said, you know, it's, uh, this last doctor, I, I just love him to death. He's, he's, I've had him since uh, I've moved here to Alabama. It's like he said, it's just genetics, you know? But you still got to try to take care of yourself, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's like my last physical... I'm 37. My last physical, it was great. The the all the results were great, but the doctor said to me, "You know, you're 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 overweight and you're not doing healthy things and you're you're burning the candle at both ends. Eventually, that's gonna that candle's gonna go out. <laughs> yeah, and, you're, and and then it's gonna finally catch up to you. Like, so that's kind of like what got me worried about it. You know, especially becoming a father. I I'm a father to a one year old now, so it's like you know, and I'm just trying to get back on track and. I, I, I unfortunately, you know, have a lot of bad luck of things just breaking down on me and stuff. Mm. So, yeah, it's well, definitely time to definitely time to work on it and do what do what you feel is right for you. You know, yeah. I would have never lost. You know what my motivation was is you know because I was a suit wearer. I, I I I wanted to wear something beyond black and brown and gray. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah, they always say, well, black always thins you. I'm like, well, I kind of wish I could do something else. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's, the, you know, some of the weirdest things will motivate you, and and that's that's really what does it. And then uh, what I do is I buy, you know, I'll buy a shirt size that I know I don't fit into, and I'll buy that one shirt, and then I'll, I'll just try it on every day. And sometimes I'll even force myself to wear it, even though I look like a clod walking around. I'll, I'll do it because uh, it makes me want to go back to that, you know. I got so, like two bins full of shirts like that right now. <laughs> there you I go. Was, That's what you I, need to do. I went through a phase where I'm like, one day I'm not going to be this big anymore, so I'm going to buy this concert shirt that's smaller. And now I just never get to wear cool concert shirts that I have. <laughs> Five years later, ten years later. Ugh. Yeah, I hear you, man. All right, guys. Well. Uh, I'm I'm sorry to have held you guys up so long. I, you didn't I, hold no, us up. You didn't hold us no, up. No. This is great. This was I, a pleasure, man. I should have told you guys I'm a chat machine. I can just talk and talk and talk. Uh, so. I would I would love 
I would love to keep chatting, man. I, we should definitely keep in touch. Oh, please, you got my number. You know, you know, give me a holler anytime. And uh, absolutely. And uh, you can always reach out to me on Facebook. You know, that's you know, I you know, I always respond to all the messages. This, all those. It gets a little difficult at times. It's so daunting. You know, it'd be one thing if I got like maybe like two or three a day, but it always seems like every time I open up Messenger, <laughs> it's like fifty or sixty messages waiting for me. Yeah. Thanks so much for spending the time with us. Oh, uh, no so problem. fun. No problem, guys. I, I enjoyed speaking with both of you, and uh, like I said, please stay in touch. And anytime you want to do another podcast, I'll be glad to. Especially like bashing other bands, that'd be great. No. <laughs> oh, we could do that. We can do that. <laughs> never, never mind. I'm going to get something to eat. I'll be right back. We're going to we're going to, <laughs> we're going to start this. We already did tourniquet. Now who else can we get? <laughs> Steven, Steven, that's not a bad idea. Seriously. I, I think it would be amazing to go through our Christian CDs because I still have a shit ton of them on my wall. <laughs> just go through and be like, Jimmy, what do you know about these guys? What We're going to do an Ask guys? Jimmy episode. <laughs> Let's just do an Ask Jimmy Brown. Yeah, oh my God. That would be, that would be rad, man. That would that be hilarious. And, and the funny thing is, you know, half these people wouldn't even get mad because they'd be used to it with me. <laughs> they would be like, well, I know him. I know That's him. Good. He's already that, done that it. That keeps us out of trouble. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good insurance policy on us. Exactly. <laughs> Jimmy, yeah. thanks so much, man. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna close up shop here, but uh, man, uh thank awesome. you guys. I, I I like I said, I enjoyed speaking with both of you, and and please stay in touch. And uh, and if you guys are ever in in uh, in this neck of the woods, you please feel free to let me know. I'd be glad to you know toast you guys and take care of you guys. Oh man, that'd be great. Thanks, dude. If I ever get the money together, I'll come record a record down there in that studio. It sounds pretty awesome. Oh, I'd love, we would love to do that. But <laughs> it's yeah. uh, this is going to be the closest thing to the green room that you're going to have. Oh yeah. man, I, I've made like it like blast. that. That's cool. Yeah, what a cool well, thing, man. All right, brothers. Well, you guys have a wonderful night, and uh, I will probably speak to you till. Uh, well, we'll we'll be via email with songs and stuff, but. Uh, Please, for sure, have yourselves a very wonderful Christmas with your families, man. Thanks, Likewise.
We love you. Take care. Bye-bye.